Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? From Tuesday, February 28th through Sunday, March 5th, NFL Network will be live for more than 50 hours at the 18th NFL Scouting Combine from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. While 33 NFL Network and NFL Digital Media talent will be present, analyst Daniel Jeremiah probably will be the busiest team member over those six days. Jeremiah is a former scout for three NFL teams, and most recently as the West Coast scout for the Philadelphia Eagles from 2010 to 2012. He was a national scout for the Cleveland Browns in 2007 and 2008, and he was a West Coast scout for the Baltimore Ravens in 2005 and 2006, starting with that organization as a personnel assistant in 2003 and 2004. Jeremiah played college ball as a starting quarterback for three seasons at Appalachian State University, graduating in 2000. With the Combine serving as an appetizer for the main course of the NFL Draft, April 27th through the 29th in Kansas City, Jeremiah spent over two hours last week answering questions about his player analysis. Here's his preview of the 2023 draft class and what he'll be watching at the Combine. I think it's going to be a fun draft. There's a lot unknown. We've got, uh, you know, unlike last year, we've got some name brand quarterbacks um, that people are familiar with, that people have seen, that people have very strong opinions on. Um, I think the league is is very split on the, on those guys, but I, I think this is a year where, again, you're going to see some players that are 12 or 13 on on one team's board, and they might be 53 on another team's board. Which is uh, there's a lot of variance of opinion, um, and there's uh, you know there's going to be some um, you know there's going to be some fascinating storylines to follow as we go towards the draft. In terms of overall strength of the draft. I think it's a really good corner group. I think it's a uh, it's a good edge rusher group. Um, I think the tight end group is, is the best I've uh, I've seen in the last ten years. It's outstanding. So you know, running backs is really solid. It's it's a it's a fun draft at some of those positions. Um, you know, the the quarterbacks, as I mentioned, are going to be a big storyline. I don't think the wide receiver group is quite what we've seen in the few in the in the years uh, recently here, uh, but. Uh, Anyways, it's it's deep at some positions for sure. Defensive linemen and linebackers will be the first players to hit the field on Thursday, March 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jeremiah says a Georgia defensive tackle is the best player overall, followed by an Alabama edge rusher. But another player on the edge from Texas Tech could go before one or both. Look, to me, the way I have them stacked, like who, you know, I think Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft from Georgia, and I think that Will Anderson's the second best player. Um, but I, I know when talking to people around the league and when I do mock drafts, you're trying to get, you know, just a feel and, you know, the, the potential outcomes there and not just doing the same exact thing every single time. And I know that there's teams that have it really, really close. And, uh, and some actually even prefer Tyree Wilson to Anderson, just because of the the size and the length and the attributes that he has there. But it, you know, if you're asking me, 
um, I, I I wouldn't be trading off of of either of those two guys. I mean, we look at Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson. I I probably wouldn't want to get out if I were them. As desperate as they are for defensive linemen, um, and I think those are the two best guys. So. Uh, kind of a two-parter there. You know, what would I do? That was what I would do. I'd take one of those two guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, but I, I do want to make sure that Tyree Wilson kind of gets in the mix. I remember doing a similar thing last year, trying to trying to alert everybody that this Trayvon Walker from Georgia, uh, you know, <laughs> like, hey, just know who he is and be aware and don't be surprised. So that's uh, that's kind of the same thing. Uh, same thing I'm doing here. Same formula. Among edge rushers, Jeremiah likes Wilson best. He also touts Clemson's Miles Murphy and Iowa's Lucas Van Ness, projecting these three players and Anderson to go in the first eight picks. For me, it would be Tyree Wilson, um, you know, by a pretty significant margin. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of buzz around him around the league. I think the the league has it with him and Anderson a lot closer than people might think. Um, he's he's got just freakish wingspan and uh, and burst and uh, the ability to kind of use those long levers to get home. I think he's a really talented rusher. I think he's a big time athlete. Unfortunately, don't think we're going to get to see him do anything at the combine coming off the injury that he's had. So probably have to wait till the pro day on that one. But for me, it would be him, uh, Miles Murphy. It is a tricky one because it's all in there. He has it all in his body. He hasn't got it all figured out just yet. Um, but between his kind of his combination of length and explosiveness, um, yeah, I think there's there's more there. I think he's going to develop more as a rusher. I don't think he has a great plan at this point in time. And then Van Ness is, uh, you know, I'm going to end up moving him up in my next update of my top 50. I think I have him at 22 right now. Um, again, I it was curious when you're watching him because he doesn't start. And I know a lot of people are sitting there going, how in the world are you going to take a guy in the top 10? He didn't start at Iowa. Uh, but I had a chance to do my homework on that. And look, they, that's just the way their program runs. They're going to run with the, the, uh, the older upperclassmen, the leaders that have been in those spots. They're just going to, they're going to roll those guys out there with starters, even though everybody knows this was their best guy. Um, but he's got big time, big time explosiveness and power, um, kind of a bull in a China shop. Again, somebody who's just figuring out, but when you watched him against the best tackles he played against, he got after him. So I, I think that is is closer to me. What I'm getting at is going to be Murphy and Van Ness is pretty close to me. I would have Tyree Wilson uh, ahead of those two guys. Defensive backs and special teams will be highlighted on Friday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends will be showcased on Saturday, March 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern. With top signal callers from Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, Kentucky, and Florida, how many franchise quarterbacks does Jeremiah see? I would actually say five because, you know, we'll see where Hennon Hooker lands. And again, I, I already kind of went hit, went down that road, but I know he's older, but I think he's got a chance to be a starter, be a solid starter. So I would say there's a chance to be five and they all have concerns. They all, there's not a, uh, um, it's not one of those years where you have Trevor Lawrence. It's not Joe Burrow. It's obviously not, it's not Andrew Luck. It's not that year where you say, okay, this is that one. And I would say can't miss, but. It's going to be hard to miss. <laughs> they, we don't have that. Uh, they all have warts. They all have flaws. But I think there's five potential solid starters uh, in this group. I have it, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Levis Richardson. Um, but, you know, again, if you know who you have developing these guys and you have a plan in place, you know, I, I think it's very close uh, when you look at how they, those guys stack up. For me, it's Bryce, a gap, and then those other three guys – I think it's however they fit you, what plan you have in place, and, and how you want to use them. If you've got a veteran in place for a year, 
I think Anthony Richardson, you can make that case. You've got a coordinator that understands how to incorporate Will Levis's athleticism right now. I, you know, I know and talking to, to to folks that have been through there, they rave about his ability to handle a lot of information. So if you think about Josh McDaniels and his offense, it's been kind of known as a, you know, they can put a lot on your plate. And it sounds like that's something he's comfortable doing. I would put Hendon Hooker in that same in that same realm, just in terms of when they talk about his you know, his football acumen, he's going to be able to pick it up and and, and handle a, a, a large uh, playbook there. Um, and Stroud, to me, is just like the – he's the purest thrower of the bunch, just accurate. You know, if you value decision-making accuracy, as, as pretty much everybody does, uh, C.J. Stroud's really, really solid in that area. So that's why he's number two for me. And then Bryce, I think, outside the size, just does everything at a very high level. While Alabama's young may be undersized to some – Jeremiah explains why he likes Young best. You're always going to be, you know, a little bit nervous just about the durability because of the frame. But, you know, last I was told he was right around 200 pounds. So I, I think he's getting close to 200 pounds. I think he'll probably show up at the combine and be 200 pounds. Um, so I know some of the rumors are out there. He's going to be 180 pounds. That's not, you know, he's not going to be that. We'll see how tall he is. But, uh, you know, he's. He's got such good awareness and feel. Um, I think he'll be able to protect himself because of that. Um, he's, uh, you know, in terms of the ability, it, it's all there. I mean, every type of throw you want to make, he can drive it. He can layer the ball. He can make plays on schedule, off schedule. The talent is exceptional. You know, you talk to people that have been at Alabama for a long time, and they'll say, you know, well, we'll see how it translates, but this is the best football player uh, that we've been around. Like, he's – he is outstanding. So it, you're going to have to take a risk with any of these quarterbacks. It's just a different type of risk. You know, some might be, oh, they're going to continue to develop. The accuracy is going to improve or the instincts are going to get better. Um, with Bryce, you know, the gamble is just the durability. Is he going to be able to physically hold up? And, you know, that's the the gamble I would take when you stack all these guys up. You know, when you talk to people there, give you one example, you know, they said they'll, you know, he'll show up on Monday they'll give, you know, on Sunday after a game on Saturday, they'll have a, a game plan already for the next week. Um, and normally the kids would come in and you'll start on Monday and you'll start digging into that. And they said he would show up on Monday with a list of questions and, and suggestions of how to do this with this protection and how you can attack this coverage with this. And he said a lot of times they would incorporate his ideas and it's just stuff he's doing on Sunday the day after a game. So the wiring is, is pretty unique and pretty special. Looking at tight ends, Jeremiah could field a full offensive team with players in the draft's first three rounds. He compares the top tight end with two players who have won three of the last six Super Bowls. I have 11 tight ends that I have top three round grades on, which is a ridiculous number. Um, it is just a really, really good group. And to me, um, I know he's coming off of an injury right now. And I know he's kind of more of a, of a flex tight end. Uh, but Dalton Kincaid from Utah is, I think he's a big time player. I think he's one of the, he's one of my favorite players to watch in this draft. I think he's one of the best players in the draft. Um, he's just sudden in everything that he does. He separates. He's outstanding after the catch. You know, he can win on contact over the middle of the field. Um, he's, he's really, really good after the catch, you know, as a blocker, he's going to more shield you and wall off. I, I don't like, you know, when you compare guys to all time, 
great players, but just in his movement stuff, he moves. He kind of looks like Kelsey, just the way he moves in and out of breaks. Um, he's a really, really good player. I think he's, you know, I, I really like Zach Ertz when he was coming out the year he was coming out. I think he's a better version uh, of Zach Ertz. So he's up there. You've got Mayer, who's just an all around tight end, not going to be real dynamic uh, at a Notre Dame, but he is kind of the king of the combat catches. Um, he's got a good feel on option routes, just keeping guys on his back and kind of walling them off and making plays. Um, but a good overall tight end, good blocker. Darnell Washington is massive from Georgia. He's he's like playing with a sixth offensive lineman in the run game, and he's still developing and learning in the pass game. You know, I think there's more there. Obviously, they had the best tight end in the country there in Bowers, who's just an absolute freak show. Um, so he doesn't get as many uh, balls as he would in another offense. But um, he's 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 really intriguing. Musgrave from Oregon State's going to probably run in the low four fives at 255 pounds. Um, he could go in the first round. I mean, then you just you start going through the list. Laporta from Iowa, um, Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. You get Davis Allen from Clemson's intriguing. Payne Durham from Purdue. Um, Schoonmaker from Michigan, Strange from Penn State, Wiley from Cincinnati. Like, there's those are the 11 guys. It is a, it is a really, really good group. The scout in him comes out as Jeremiah describes why the combine and not numbers in college are a better gauge for talent at the tight end position. We've done studies on it, looked at it over the years, and it's just been a traits over production position. And it goes back to the basketball players, you know, with Antonio Gates. Um, and Jimmy Graham, it goes to George Kittle not having a ton of numbers uh, there at Iowa. It's just, you know, can you can you separate? You have that short area quickness, and then you have kind of that that awa- that awareness, that spatial awareness, all that stuff is really really important. Versus you being in a college team and you're playing quarters coverage, and they're throwing you, you know, bubble screens and tunnel screens, so you catch 85 balls. Like it just doesn't. The production doesn't translate is is uh, smoothly at that position to the next level. You've got to have those traits. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a uniform te1 in this draft when you talk to teams around the league you'll hear different names mentioned um usually it's 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 kincaid it's mayor um it's musgrave and it's washington those are kind of the four that get mentioned and i would say i've got back the feedback i've got back the most most teams i talk to have kincaid number one because of the passing game value but that's you know mayor has his has his sponsors around the league as well jeremiah takes you inside draft strategy and explains why three of the nfl's final four in 2022 are so good while the monsters of the midway have work to do you you get to different places of of uh trying to get your foundational pieces in place um and then and then it's it's obviously a lot easier once you have the quarterback in place. And then once you have a couple of those building blocks in place, then you have the, you know, it's a lot easier to find those other pieces, but that's kind of where everybody, where everybody starts. And I think, you know, initially it's, you gotta, you want to line up and play. So you want to have as you want to eliminate as many of the, of the reject players from your group as you can have competent NFL players. And then once you kind of reach the point, where you've got a competent team, You've got to have blue players. You've got to have difference makers, um, and you've got to have you know eight to ten of them. So I think that's kind of the the way of doing it. And I think most teams are going to start quarterback, and, and then the foundation pieces up front on the offense and defensive line, and and that's where you are. But man, it's you know you look you look at teams like the Chiefs, look at teams like the 49ers, you look at teams like the Eagles, and 
I mean, like the Eagles, they basically redshirted the draft class last year. They had so much roster depth, and they're going to lose a bunch of free agents, and they're going to have guys ready waiting in the wings to come right in there. And then you look at some other teams and kind of like where the Bears are right now, and, you know, gosh, you're just trying to get a competent group out there. Um, so it, it you, it's got to kind of crawl before you walk there. On the final day of the Combine, Sunday, March 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern, offensive linemen and running backs will take the stage. As part of the NFL's recently extended partnership with Zebra Technologies, RFID tracking devices are knit into compression shirts, allowing for new data points and comparable data between NFL prospects and active NFL players as part of the league's next-gen stats initiative. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.